on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we would have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Sixteen land on the block. ESPN Radio 97.7. ESPN Radio Utica Rome. What's happening, in Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board this weekend. Was in the Mohawk Valley this weekend, as a matter of fact. Always great. To head down the thruway. Corned beef and cabbage day, the greatest day of the year. You can uh, listen to us there. You can listen to us on the ESPN app. You just dial up the ESPN app. You hit the Listen tab. You find ESPN Syracuse, and wherever you go, we will go with you. That is a great thing if you happen to be listening out of town but want to keep up with all the happenings this week as we discuss a certain basketball team advancing to a certain round of a certain tournament that only has 16 teams remaining in it. I got some questions from people on Twitter and other places about that. Hey, how do I listen this week? And I said, hey, the app is a great thing. Got an app on your phone? Boom. Have that at my friends. Here's how you participate in the program. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, where the show never stops. You can also uh, use our text line. 288-0644 is how you text the program. And what you are texting about, of course, is next stop. Somewhere in middle America, you right to the heart of matters. It's heart matters. I mean, come on, you know I was going to do that. I think there's only one song in the world ever written about Omaha. And this is it. <laughs> money back at the door. On a loop all week right here. YouTube can track this stuff, right? How many people from Syracuse, New York, or Syracuse fans are uh, queuing that one up? It's a great song. It's one of the great albums of the 90s anyway, which you should listen to. But yeah, that song. And that lyric is very appropriate for the Syracuse basketball team. As I wrote on Syracuse.com today, it is the heart that matters because that's really what explains how Syracuse could take down mighty Michigan State in Detroit with a building 95% full of people wearing green and not just because, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day weekend, let's just wear the green stuff we didn't wear on St. Patrick's Day, right? Michigan State out-rebounds Syracuse by 21. To put that another way, Syracuse had 30 total rebounds in that basketball game. Michigan State had 29 offensive rebounds in that game. 
Michigan State took 24 more shots than Syracuse did in that basketball game. Syracuse's biggest lead was three. I mean, I can go over all these numbers. I can go over all the trends. Syracuse had three assists in the entire game. They hit one three-pointer. One. O'Shea Brissett ties the game at 22 right before one of the weirdest three-pointers you've ever seen. A toss-it-up, how did he do that? Bank is open on Sunday shot from McQuaid that somehow found its way into the hoop. And I think a lot of people at that point, I even texted Seth at that point, and I will admit to you right now, I said, oh, there it is. I thought that was going to wake up Michigan State. They were going to come out in the second half. They were going to hit some shots. They were going to get aggressive. Tom Izzo right at halftime, speaking with Allie LaForce, not as aggressive as we're going to be in the second half. They're like, okay, somebody woke up the bear. And somehow, some way, we find ourselves here today talking about what? I mean, they had to win three games in five days in the NCAA tournament in two different cities against some good teams, including a team that once Virginia went down and once Arizona went down, and while there's some other heavyweights and number one seeds and two seeds, one of which Syracuse will face on Friday, left, you said to yourself, okay, Michigan State's got the team here. They've got the bracket. They've got the team. They're going to do this. Like they, they could make a run here. Sure, they'll run into Duke in the next round, but you felt like this was a team built to win a championship, and they were well on their way to at least being in that conversation. But we're not talking about that. What we are talking about is the Syracuse basketball team, one of 16 remaining in college basketball. We are talking about a team that has scored in its wins 60 points, 57 points, and 55 points. That's great for a game or two. But to hold three straight opponents to 56 points, 52 points, and 53 points is extraordinary. Even for a Syracuse team that has used its zone defense to make it far through the NCAA tournament in the past. This isn't anything new. Yes, preparing for the zone and playing the zone are two entirely different things, particularly on a short turnaround in a tournament. That's why those that call in the middle of December and you know complain that Jim Beheim is running a 2-3 zone, why doesn't he play man-to-man and all the same tired, cliche crap that I've heard throughout the year, my years, plural, my answer to you is always because if you get to the tournament, this can happen. It can befuddle and confuse and throw a monkey wrench into the greatest of opponents when it is played at its best and its most effective. And that's great when you've got talented teams with NBA-level players, not that this Syracuse team doesn't because both Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett are going to play in the NBA one day. But there's seven guys. Okay, they're talking about Michigan State yesterday and their timed rotations. <laughs> it's Tom Izzo can time rotations. Jim Beheim is Norman Dale. My team's on the floor, right? And in that situation, remember, there was only four guys on the floor. Coach, you need another guy. My team's on the floor. That's Syracuse. Because at times, it seems like they only have four guys on the floor. 
and they beat Michigan State. Now, it fits in with what we saw throughout the weekend, and we knew March Madness would be wild. It always is, and we do it every year. We fall in the trap, and I look at my bracket, and I'm like, man, this is just too chalky. Weird things are going to happen. you got to have the guts to make some wild picks. But a 16 beating a 1 for the first time ever, this was the year, and that team, and not only... Did a one seed go down? They got their butts handed to them. UMBC, who lost to Kansas State last night, which shows you the wild turns this tournament can take, they dominated Virginia. And I know that Jim Beheim and he'll join us later in the show, and we'll discuss this. Oh, yeah, Jim Beheim coming up in an hour from now. Looking forward to the chat with the Hall of Famer about yet another incredible run here to the tournament and, and Duke upcoming and all the stuff that you want to discuss. And Jim Beheim was right to defend Tony Bennett, and I love Tony Bennett's response. You want to see a lesson in class when the world is collapsing around you? Go watch Tony Bennett's interview after Virginia lost to UMBC. And those are all fair points, but, man, you lost by 20 to a 16 seed. And Mike Krzyzewski has lost to Mercer and Lehigh, and Jim Beheim has lost to Richmond and Things happen in this tournament. That is what makes it so glorious. But some of the stuff that we saw is incredible, even for something we know is going to be unexpected. And Syracuse just kind of adds to that. But it's not that befuddling when you really look at it and you really think about it and you really break it down. But, folks, Syracuse's biggest leads in this tournament, Arizona State, was five. TCU was seven, and that was for a blink of an eye. The biggest lead they had in yesterday's game was three, and they won by two. How are they doing it? How are they finding the heart, the grit, the defense, just enough offense to get by? How are they doing this? I'm just had I finally made one when, it, when I had to. I mean, I was missing a lot of jump shots throughout the entire game, and um, you can't lose confidence in situations like that. People miss shots, um, but if you stop shooting the ball, that, that proves you lost confidence. Uh, so I, I, when I went to, into that move, I took that with, with supreme confidence. Yeah, you know, this is what he does. He's been doing that all year. Uh, we want the ball in his hands in those situations. You know, you can see he got the ball three, four times down the stretch uh, trying to make something happen. Uh, we trust him. Everyone on the team trusts him. So, you know, just know when it goes up, everyone's got to crash the glass and try to get hand on the ball. I don't know what else uh, this team or, or certain dudes on this team have to do for people to understand, you know, it's, it's the real deal. But, I mean, him right there, that's the real deal. You know, I don't – as he does this every game, you know, uh, he, he's special if you ask me. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep playing through him. That first was Tyus Battle, followed by O'Shea Brissett, followed by Frank Coward, and they were describing one thing. Tyus Battle, who had a much better second half overall, certainly. His first half, non-existent, 0 for 4, had a point at the free throw line. Comes out, scores 16 of his 17 in the second half. No more important than that step-back shot that he took to give Syracuse a 52-49 lead. I mean, shooters shoot. That's what they do. You can't lose that kind of confidence. But where does it come from? Where does the resilience come from? Where does the grit and the heart and the determination come from. It comes from within. That cannot be taught. That cannot be coached. Jim Beheim and Jerry McNamara and Adrian Autry and Eric Devendorf and 
Katie Kalinske and everybody that I'm not mentioning right now cannot teach these things. You can only prepare them to be in a certain situation basketball-wise and let the rest of it take over. We're pretty resilient. We're in good condition. Um, you know, everybody says pick up the pace, run, run. You can't run. If you run, you're gonna, we're going to beat you bad because we're going to get back and get set. You're running taking a quick shot. We're, that's going to help us. You know, you play against a team that gets their defense set. You got they made two or three shots at the end of the shot clock. You know, shots we want. The first shot of the second half, we wanted him to take that shot. He's six feet out, shot clock's going, and he makes it. And then they bank one. These guys just keep playing. They don't, you know, they don't worry about that. They just don't worry about that. Um, they just keep playing, and uh, we want to control it. We we would like to run, but we don't ever get a rebound really to run off of. <laughs> I think we got one fast break, and I think we we might have scored. I'm not even sure now, but you know we're we're not getting fast breaks. You know, it's just not. And we can't exert energy running up and down the court. We need to save our energy. They know what the plan is. Michigan State, although there are some things that I want to discuss that if I'm a Michigan State fan, I've got questions for Tom Izzo, right? But that's what the zone does. It takes logic, it takes thinking, it takes strategy, and it turns your mind into mush. And you see ghosts and you get rattled. And it is just uncanny how everything Syracuse wanted to do from out to the shooters to limiting Jackson to putting Miles Bridges in a position where at least, I mean, that kid can hit from anywhere on the floor, but it's a low percentage situation for the Orange. Everything worked. I gave you the numbers. I told you what Michigan State did to win this game, which in several categories was enough. But in the one you can't teach, in the one don't find on a game plan. That's how Syracuse is where they are. And look, it sounds corny. It sounds like a sports movie. And you heard Frank Howard. That was a great clip that he had a moment ago. And he's like, look, when are people going to realize the makeup of this team? How does UMBC beat Virginia? How do upsets happen? It's not just basketball, although that's important. Syracuse, until the late game last night with UMBC and Kansas State, was the only team to win a game, let alone three games in this tournament, by scoring 60 points or less. And it's not a secret here. I mentioned it. Tom Izzo can run time rotations, and, you know, the amount of <laughs> lineup combinations he can do, it'll keep you busy. Jim Beheim's like, there's my team. Jim Beheim's like, we run a zone, and I understand there are things in a zone defense that aren't quite simple, Right. I don't want to simplify that by any stretch. That's what makes the zone great. You, you think you're seeing something, but you're really not. How versatile it can be, how you can adjust it in a lot of different ways. Think of what Buzz Williams said earlier this year when Virginia Tech played Syracuse, and he was like, that wasn't a 2-3. What are you talking about? That was a 4-1. And in the next game, it could be completely different. You know who that reminds me of? And I know this is high praise. Belichick. That reminds me of Bill Belichick. Why? Because you know what Bill Belichick's got. Got Tom Brady here. This is my team. But you see something different every time. And I don't think people genuinely appreciate that. That, yes, here's the zone. But it is not just ball goes left, everybody goes left. Ball goes right, everybody goes right. There are combinations and ways you can do it using the center the way that you you couldn't use it, you know, with prior players. You, you go with what you have in front of you. 
And does that work every tournament? No, it does not. Did it work in this tournament? Did it work two years ago? Did it work in 2013 when you have the right combination of talent and heart? Strategy and guts. That's what makes March Madness great. If this was chalk, if your bracket looked good, it would be boring. That's not what we want, but we fall, we fall in the same. See, and here's the thing. Like, next year, I'll fill out the wacky bracket. Like, oh, we got to just go nuts here. And that's the year it'll be chalk. The tournament always teaches you that lesson and that hard lesson that sports will teach you. You think you know, but you have no idea. You have no idea. We have no idea. And that's what makes it great. We'll try to figure it out. So more on this game, I would love to hear from you throughout the afternoon at 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Want to look at things from the Michigan State side of things. I want to hear from you. We're going to hear from Coach Beheim about an hour from now. Looking forward to that. We'll go on the blind side as usual. We'll do some hot takes because as much as college basketball is commanding our attention, did you see... What happened in the National Football League this weekend? What the Jets did, the trades, the free agent moves, and we've got to get some discussion in on that, particularly if the Buffalo Bills now have to counter-move the Jets. And it is interesting how the three teams that all claim to be from New York State, though we know the only true New York State team, and that would be, of course, your Buffalo Bills. But how the dynamic of the Bills, Giants, and Jets intertwines here. Let's see. The Bills got leapfrogged by the Jets, who made a trade in a spot. A lot of people thought the Bills were going to make in the third spot with the Colts. So now the Bills have to make a decision about getting the second pick. And, oh, the general manager of that team is Dave Gettleman, who used to be the boss of, wait for it, Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. Intrigue with a month and change to go until the draft, so we got to get some discussion in on that. But certainly, College Hoops and the Orange will command our attention here today. So, let's take a break. We'll come back with more here on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. That it is. Welcome back. It's Sweet 16 land in Syracuse, New York. Because that's what we all thought would happen. Everybody had Syracuse in their bracket winning three of five days, defeating a team that was playing before a crowd that about 95% of the people in Detroit were there to see You know, Michigan State out-rebound Syracuse by 21. Syracuse has three assists, one three-pointer. Uh, Frank Howard's out of the game for the last seven minutes. Michigan State took a record number of three-point attempts. I can go on here, but you know what else happened? Michigan State didn't score in the last five minutes and 41 seconds. They missed their last 13 shots. The zone defense ate them alive. Hashtag free throws matter. Add it all up. Add a pinch of salt, and what you get is the Sweet 16. And what you get is a trip to lovely... It was the heart that mattered, but if you want some offense, now that's not how we do things around here. Let's go right back to the phones. Let us hear from you. We'll break it down as not only we go through today, but through the rest of the week and get ready for Duke. And we'll hear from the Hall of Famer, Jim Beheim in about 10 minutes. Get his thoughts on the game, looking ahead to the Dukies and the tournament itself. 
Let's go to Wayne in Kirkville on the block, ESPN Radio. Wayne, what's happening, man? Oh, not much. I have an idea for a new SU T-shirt to celebrate their win yesterday. Well, we, we certainly love our T-shirts around here, so yeah. I will listen to your pitch. All right. Remember that photograph that someone took of Beheim picking his nose while he was on the sideline? Unfortunately, I do. All right. We'd have that, and then under it, the phrase, win ugly, and then SU-55, MSU-53. Wayne, I just can't come up with the concept of walking around like Wegmans with a picture of that, but I appreciate the creativity in your thinking there. I think you should go with this. I think you should try this, put it out there, see if you sell it, and if you do make a million bucks on it, you circle back and say, hey, listen, you had the first shot at this axe and you turned it down. All right? All right. Call our boys over at NoonsMagician.com. They love stuff like that. I wish you luck in your quest, sir. Yeah, I'm going to go with a no on that one. I feel like I'm on Shark Tank right now. I don't think that's a million-dollar idea, but I appreciate the creativity. Win ugly. I like where you're going with that, but yeah, I just, I'm not walking around Wegmans with a picture of that. Uh, Dro and Clay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who owns plenty of Syracuse T-shirts, I'm sure, on the block with us here. Dro, what's happening, man? Not too much. Um, you know, I was wondering if you can talk some World Cup soccer today. I want to really dive into this with you. No, I want to talk <laughs> about the World Series of bocce, because I know that you are an expert on, on such things. So give me, give me the strategy yeah. for Team Italy this year. Yeah, you know what? We'll say that for a couple more weeks. How about that? Fair uh, enough. I'll catch Fair enough. up in that. So listen, um, what a win yesterday. I think... It may have been one of the bigger wins um, in Syracuse basketball program history. I say that for numerous reasons. You've won a tournament game on the road with your starting point guard out of the game for the last seven minutes in a hostile environment, and you won the game. I mean, that, I put up there with a North Carolina win of 1987 in the Elite Eight game. That's how big I think that win was. I think was, all things considered, Dro, the crowd, you mentioned Frank Howard, the huge rebounding gap, the fact that Syracuse only has seven players, where Michigan State actually has rotations, plural of players, the talent gap, the size. The, I mean, I can go on and on here. And I wrote this in my column today. The reasons that Syracuse should not have won this game far outweigh the, the reasons that they did, but the things that made them successful – Getting to the free throw line 31 times and banking 24 of those. And, you know, the physical and style of play that they countered with their zone, frustrating and flummoxing Michigan State. I think Tom Izzo just got flat out outcoached by Bayheim on many fronts. They leaned on what they do well, which is not a secret in any stretch of the imagination. And for another game, it was good enough. Exactly. Well said. And, you know, I had a talk with a friend yesterday before the game. He's, you know, is. Izzo's a definitely much better coach than Van. I remind him that Jim Van was 4-1 for first time Izzo. He's now 5-1. and one. Yeah, Izzo got uh, him in 2000, but this is now five straight times that Syracuse has defeated yeah. Michigan State. And once again, it was a payback from the 2000 tournament loss that we had with Jason Hart, Eton Thomas, Ryan yeah, Blackball. Up by 16 um, in that game. Right revenge, just, just, a, just a great game overall. Very happy. And you know what? You're playing Duke? Yes, Duke's an ACC team. They know our zone, but guess what? Jim Bam knows a few things about Duke, too. I look forward to the challenge on Friday night. I think it's going to be a great game. I look forward to getting into this more in-depth as the week goes on. But you know what, Syracuse fans? Jim Bam's a good coach. 
and I'll take what Pat from Syracuse says. Syracuse basketball is the zone. If you don't like the zone, go watch another team play. Thank you very much. That is exactly it. I will say this, Drew. Yes, Syracuse went to Cameron and lost 60-44 to a couple of weeks ago. But there is a trend here. Arizona State scored 56 points. That is a season low. TCU scored 52 points. That is a season low. Michigan State scored 53 points. That is a season low. You know who else scored a season low? Duke. When they only put up 60 on Syracuse. Now the problem is Syracuse countered that by only putting up 44. But the pattern there was, okay, you hold the team down, you make them jack up threes. Duke was 2 of 18 from three-point range. They really got a lesson in the zone defense in one way. In the other, they didn't as Wendell Carter and Marvin Pegley Jr., you couldn't stop those guys. So you got to figure out that problem, and Syracuse doesn't exactly have the personnel to do it. But I didn't think they'd have the personnel to hold up against Michigan State's physical players, against Miles Bridges. But you find the right strategy, you lean on it, and it works. Now, here's the thing. Let's go back to that Duke game, and I understand that this game is going to be in lovely Omaha somewhere in middle America, other than Cameron Indoor Stadium. But the pattern is play that defense, get them down in the mud, 50s and 60s game. Remember, O'Shea Brissett had an awful offensive game at Cameron. Overall, they only scored 44, so most everybody had a pretty bad offensive night. If you can just get a few more offensive possessions, O'Shea hit a few more shots, you want Tyus Battle to be somebody who's playing for both both halves, not just coming alive in one or the other, but if you can just get four or five more solid offensive possessions, you're in that game. Now, the problem is... Duke's got a week to figure it out. They're playing zone themselves. Krzyzewski's a pretty darn good coach. And, you know, the zone is best effective on short turnarounds, right? You've only got a day to get used to it, and you're seeing ghosts. And But so many things should have went Michigan State's way that didn't. Let's go back to the phones here at 437-7644. And now Duke's got a week to figure it out. That's a big advantage for them, not to mention that Bagley dude and that Carter dude, whoa, mama, going to be a big headache for Syracuse no matter what defense they play. How about Mike and Cicero next up here on the block, ESPN Radio? What's up, Mike? Hey, Brett, how's your dance going? It is good. My dance is <laughs> dancing away, my friend. I got my dancing shoes on, and I'm not taking them off until San Antonio, baby. Right, I hear you. Um, I'll, I'll kind of counter your point with Duke having a week to prepare because I know they had at least a few days to prepare last game and they only put up 60 so i know different circumstances but that that i don't know if the extra time means all that much you know obviously it could help them but i'll tell you yesterday was such a good game and it was ugly (laughs) don't get me wrong but what game that we've played so far this tournament hasn't been ugly but there were a couple points that i yeah, I mean, after the dunk, dunk by Bridges, I mean, that, that was a nasty dunk. I thought that was it. Was I, you know, I thought it started with that wacky shot before halftime, and then, you know, I thought Bridges would get it going, but that dunk, I think I even tweeted it because you got to make a Twitter official, Mike. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, that right. I thought it would be just enough, but I'm still bewildered because I keep looking at the numbers and I keep looking at things, and I'm like, how the heck did they do this? But they did. I, and it, it was it's I, what you said. I don't know. It's the <laughs> ugly stuff, though, but, you know, you made a good point, though, Mike, in that, listen, at some point we kind of figured out this is what this team is and you kind of have to embrace them for what they are so you're used to seeing this. And, you know, when you're put at the free throw line 31 times, as inconsistent and frustrating as the officiating was yesterday, a lot of whistles, 
look, they put you there 31 times. You better cash them in, and they did, 24-31. That'll get the job done. You better believe it. And, you know, there was that dunk, and, and you know what? We came down the next possession, we scored. Bayheim called timeout, and I think was that when Battle got the uh, got the end one? Or was it, it may have been a possession after, but but regardless. And then the... Uh, and then Howard following out, I said to myself watching it, I said, I, I don't know if we can come back from it. And people, you know, may not even think about it, but we were losing at the time. It's not like we were up three or four points and we you had to just bring in Bayer to to hold things over. I mean, we had to come back. I mean, it was only a two-point game, but, you know, the it, for, for everything that happened, I mean, Bayer played fantastic. The defense was there. I mean, the last couple possessions Michigan State had Bayer, got the block on, right. or, you know, he affected the shot. He got the last rebounder. He tipped it to allow uh, Brissett to steal the ball away and for I that last rebound. And, I mean, he was active. He, he like was. In the article, he's Justin Thomas of, of this year That's so a far. Great, so. I, I'm glad that comparison came up. I love what he said, too, Mike. I didn't have time to think. I just had to play. And thanks for the call, my friend. And can we add that to the list of that happened? No offense to young Braden Bayer, but... Braden Bayer played seven minutes in prime time in this game, and it didn't eat Syracuse alive. Just add that to the list of reasons that make you say, this should not have happened, but it did. How about Kevin and Pompey? He's up next here on the block, ESPN Radio. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Brent. Uh, great to talk to you today. I couldn't wait to get get the opportunity to give you a holler. Um, what a weekend, and what a way to go out yesterday uh, beating a team on their basically their home court advantage, and nobody gave us a chance. That was awesome. I'd let people who who don't know if if we should have been in the tournament this year should think back to when they were looking at strength of schedule and wins away from home. That's what it's all about. That's why they put us in the tournament this year. Yeah, and, and thanks for the call as always, nephew Kevin. And I had another correspondence with our friend Doug Gottlieb when I tweeted, you know, the final score, and here's what happened, gave a little shout-out to our boy Gottlieb, and he responded to me, and basically, well, I'll pull it up while we're yakking about it here. Um, I'll just let you decide if this was a, a, a good counter to the thought that it was, quote, laughable that Syracuse was in the tournament. So here's what our boy said. We do have some on-hold music we can play while I look this up, right? We literally do. We should... We should play that while I'm trying to find it. So his response to me was, Sup, winning games has zero to do with whether you belong in. If this were the case, any at-large who lost didn't belong in. It's called a congruent argument. Mm-hmm. So that's that, that. That's what you're going to go with. That, 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 the fact that they won three games, including against Michigan State, that's not Good enough for nice talking to you, Doug. Let's talk to Jim Beheim. The Hall of Famer joins us next. The Orange, Duke, Friday. How are they going to do it? How'd they do it yesterday? How is anything happening? We turn to the Hall of Famer for wisdom next. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye bye.